Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to this edition of the Bike Radar podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Evans. I'm one of Bike Radar's technical editors. And today I am joined by a podcast regular, a fellow technical editor, Tom Marvin. Good morning, Alex. Hello. How are you, Tom? I'm all right. Yeah, not too bad. Not cool. too bad. Uh, up to much exciting? Uh, currently digesting pancakes because we're recording this on Pancake Day. Hey. Um, well in advance of this episode's publication because we like to be efficient and, and, and get things planned. Organized. Um, so yeah, I've had uh, two pancakes with Nutella and marshmallows and I had two Welsh cakes and an oat latte. So that's sweet and savoury there as far as sweet I can tell. Sweet and savoury, yeah. All the major food groups. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and we're also joined today by Jack Evans, who's one of Bite Radar's newer employees. Um, Jack, how are you today and what have you been up to? I'm very well today. Thanks, Alex. Um, like Tom, um, got some pancakes and Welsh cakes sitting in the stomach, but they're very, very nice. Plus a bowl of porridge after riding down from Cheltenham to Bristol this morning. A, uh, a yes. cheeky 70 kilometre ride this morning to get to work, Jack. That's uh, throwing some shade on my uh, 12 minutes on an e-bike. <laughs> Yeah, the average speed was massively flattered by being mostly downhill and a ripping tailwind northeast. What, what kind of speed were you clocking up there? Um, I saw tw- an average of 29 kilometres an hour, Jack. I studied. 29 kilometres yeah. an hour, yeah. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, it was all downhill from Wood Under Edge, but quite yeah. grippy climbing out from Cobbley, which is um, my parents' house just south of Cheltenham. Why? Tra- what- training for some goals later this year. Okay. Um, so goals you can hear about on the previous episode of the pod- yes. podcast from February, I think it was published. Yeah, so that was um, yeah where we discussed our riding goals for 2022. Yeah, I've got some 
uh, bikepacking trips, um, some quite hard sounding sportive such as the Dragon Devil 300 kilometers in Ooh. June. So need to get some miles in the legs. Is that related to the Welsh cake intake of this morning? Um, it's slightly related because um, I don't sound it, but um, I am. I do consider myself a Welshman. My dad is uh, Swansea born and bred. So mm. um, yeah, that, is, uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to do the the, the dragon ride, um, go through the Welsh valleys and Brecon nice. regions. Nothing like the Welsh valleys. And I was going to say, you are a brother from another mother. We do share... <laughs> We do share surnames. Yeah, we do indeed. Yeah. No relation, I presume? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, know. I don't know. None maybe you, you know could, of. Maybe you could trace the lineage back. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. What, anyway. time, what time did you wake up this morning? Sorry, yeah. I, as someone who's no, we need not very good out. at getting up early, yeah. you were okay. in the office before I was, and I live a mere 1.3 miles away. Uh, so <laughs> I struggled in on time. Uh, alarm at six. Um, mm. A raw velo energy bar. Mm. Coffee, black coffee, out the out the gates at six thirty. Out the gates is a euphemism for going to the toilet, I presume. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> out of out of the uh, out on the road. Okay, um, yeah, six thirty. Well, um, and in for nine. Yeah, in for nine. Yeah, just over, just under two and a half hours. Yeah, that's not bad. Nice. Not bad. Yeah, I mean that's impressive stuff. <clears throat> Quick shower, very nice showers here at Immediate um, Eagle House in in Bristol. We have some. It's a pretty swanky office we're in. We um. Back in my day, when I started, uh, it was at Future Publishing in Bath. And we had actually quite a nice office there for, I think, for, you know, certainly as someone who'd never really been in an office before, uh, it was quite nice. And then we moved to Immediate Media, bought the cycling. I don't know why you're giving a history of... It's very exciting. We ended up in Tower House. We ended up in Tower House, which was a tower block in Bristol, which, I mean, I I always thought Tower House was all right. But I think think it's because... The cycling department was new and they gave us a refurbished floor. And I think if you went to the other floors in this 14-storey tower block, mm. I know that other departments hated Tower House. So when they announced that we were moving offices, we've got a brand new facility in the centre of Bristol, I was a bit like, oh, that's a waste of money. Like, why don't you give us a pay rise? But obviously, actually, if we worked anywhere else in the business, I think everyone was well stoked about that. And actually, Eagle House is pretty swanky. I've come from a company that jettisoned its office in 2019 so i've been Hmm. working sort of on the road remotely for a long time and having an office is really really nice especially one like this yeah yeah with showers and martina Mm. making amazing coffees pancakes pancakes on tap i can't think of anything else sugar sugar dispenser why why are we talking i guess i guess if there's ever if you ever see a job opportunity our media as we are now called you'd be working in a lovely office so just talking about your ride again, and, and this is going to segue lovely, like beautifully nice. into our topic for nice. today. see what you're doing. Did you have a nice ride this morning? It was absolutely fantastic. The roads were really quiet. As I said, good tailwind. A bit of rain last night, but mainly dry. And um, yeah, it's just re- really lovely views. There was an absolute stunner of a view when I got started descending from Witten Under Edge of the Seven Valley. It was it was a very nice ride. Did you take that fast road that goes down and then curves right at the bottom, but you can actually take a little left and mm. a classic. It was I had never done that descent before. Mm. Uh, yeah, down from it's down. A good one. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, I can imagine you could build up some really nice speed down there if um, if, that was, if that was up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, I mean that sounds amazing. So, today's topic, we're going to be talking about our worst most nightmarish rides that we've ever been on and we'll flip a bit of yin with that yang and we're also going to talk about 
our most favorite, most amazing, elating rides that we've also ever done. Wow. And I think that, you know, it's, it's quite a good topic. It was a bit of an ad hoc idea. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, we were just like, do you know what? This is going to be good. Yeah. And well, it, it might be. not be. Well, it might be. No, it will. Okay. Have faith. Have faith. Uh, and as usual, dear Bike Radar podcast listeners, we've planned this meticulously mm. over the last 30 seconds. I'm still in my head trying to work out <laughs> favorite and least favorite rides. So we know that Jack has um, a banger of a least favorite ride. Um, so me- maybe we should just hand over the hand over the controls to Jack and uh, you can tell us all about your favorite ride with a lovely bit of scene setting. Okay, so so we rewind to a, a rainy Saturday afternoon in, in South Birmingham where I set out on my Canyon Grail. It started so well already. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds lovely. Uh, it was it was one of those rides where it was really hard to get out the door and um, there was a reason for that because it was really miserable and quite cold. But I set out uh, through um, the Clent Hills on my on my gravel bike. Um, it was getting wetter and wetter and wetter, uh, but I was st- starting to turn for home Going going down a muddy, a very muddy bridleway. When I heard a, an ominous sound from close to the close to the rear wheel. I mean, how how much distance had you covered uh, so far? So I was about I was about probably about forty k's in. Okay, so um, you're a good way in. You were warmed round. up. You were probably a bit yeah. sweaty. Maybe looking for a bit of a I don't know banana. You know, a bit of a, a ride banana, or I don't know. It's kind of at the point in a ride where you're like, I'm a reasonable way in. Hmm. Yeah, it was um it, it was getting it was getting better from there. I'd done done some nice um nice off-road sections that the run-in was going to be a bit quicker with the prevailing wind. Um as I said, ominous snap. Look down, see that my chain's all over the place. Um rear mac is has d- disintegrated. Um so I'm about halfway along this. So is it the derailleur or the derailleur hanger? The hanger. Oh. Yeah, the hanger the had gone. Hanger. The hanger had gone. So there's um, no way of reattaching that derailleur, especially to your not bike. with with my me- mechanical skills. There's absolutely no no chance. I looked down and thought, I am not fixing that. It wasn't just a snap chain, which I had managed to recover from previously on a, on a different ride, but this was this was this was serious. And it was yeah, it was starting to get dark on this um, yeah December afternoon. So um, yeah, I sort of walked squelched through the uh, the the bridleway up, up to a farm. Where I asked if I could leave my bike because I knew I wasn't wasn't going to get this home somehow. This was your bike as well. This is a yeah. bike that, that you own mm. that you'd paid for. Yeah, um, with my hard earned um, hard earned money, a bike I really enjoy, um, and yeah, us- usually very reliable. But I think I might have knocked it during a cross ro- a cross race a couple of weeks previously. Ooh, that's where he um, went wrong. That's mm, where he went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, somehow uh, despite being out in deepest darkest Worcestershire not far from the, the village of Drayton managed to um, locate an Uber and get okay. home so, so you'd, you'd left the bike with the, with the farmer here. yeah I'd left the bike with okay. the farmer yeah and he with was with his permission or did you just you, chuck it in a barn I, I chucked it in a barn and then asked for permission nice. so beg uh, for forgiveness rather than ask permission yeah that's definitely the better way of doing yeah. things so I was really lucky to have a fully charged phone and signal, 4G signal, so I could... 4G? Yeah. <laughs> which Which isn't a given. It isn't a given in that rural part. Birmingham. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah, somehow the um, the first the first Uber sort of maybe realised this was a, a foolish errand, so cancelled me. The second one I was really? more lucky. So after about a half an hour wait... Was that, was that when the Uber set eyes on you and saw that you were wet? No. Muddy? 
Okay, this no. was, this was prior to yeah prior to that. So um, you are not a safe bet for Uber drivers. No, I don't think so. I, I think this was an unappealing prospect for the okay. first Uber driver. So if you're an Uber driver out there, stay clear of Jack Evans. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after about a 40 minute wait where I was getting really quite cold because it, it, I just got wet, yeah. um, Uber driver came up in actually a really nice BMW and I, my heart just sank because I thought there's no way he's putting me on those leather seats. <laughs> but he was very, very nice. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. I did tip him generously for his um, his kindness, but he managed to cover the seat in plastic plastic bags and take me home, which which took about it's about a forty minute trip trip back to to South Birmingham. Blimey! So where Without, did he come from then? Did he come from Birmingham? He'd actually been doing a job in somewhere like somewhere like Stourport, taking someone into New Street, I think, um, for the German market in Birmingham. So he just somehow happened to be vaguely in the area. Okay. Um, lucky. Yeah, I was very lucky indeed. He said that to me. He said as much. Right. He said, you're really lucky that you had your phone on you and you had Signal. I just, there's so few Ubers in this area. And I go, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, so I get home very soggy, not feeling very happy with myself. What was your um, Uber fee at this point? What was the, what it was, the damage? It was, the damage was about £35, which Oof. it's not, it's, it's, it, it's painful for the wallet. But not as painful as uh, a new uh, a new rear mech. Um, not painful as a rear mech, but what about a derailleur hanger? What would have been the cost of a derailleur hanger in your jersey pocket? I don't I don't know. I can't remember how much it was. Uh, yeah, like what, fifteen quid maybe? Yeah. An emergency one, yeah, ten, yeah. fifteen mm. quid. Yeah. Oh. oh so, nightmare. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's um should 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 have been more prepared. And yeah, that evening I was due to celebrate my friend's birthday party in Birmingham. There were some really nice plans, quite a few um, old old schoolmates making the trip up from London. Had to cancel because I had to drive out to pick up my bike, um, <laughs> pick up my filthy bike. By the time I picked it up, chain um, the chain had started to rust as well as the cassette, which just shows what a miserable afternoon it was. <laughs> so I got home and uh, my girlfriend could tell I was very grumpy and I was. Hungry. I can't when, imagine yeah. that Jack Evans grumpy. It's a <laughs> sight to behold, I'm sure. Yeah, she she, she, know, she knows I get unhappy when my, when my bikes break. So, yeah, it was a it was a disaster, really. I had to ex- give my excuses to my mate, who's obviously, uh, I've, yeah, um, I, I couldn't make it out. I had to go and pick up this bike. And, yeah, I got, I made sort of the, uh, the as mentioned in dispatches in my, in my club's roundup for the weekend, saying, yeah, Jack Evans lived up to his reputation as, as the world's unluckiest rider oh. um, on his weekend ride. But thankfully, uh, my mood improved by the Sunday because uh, I could get out on my road bike with okay. it on a club ride um, and get the bike fixed fairly fairly soon, uh, thanks to um, Tom, the workshop mechanic at, at Gorilla Cycling in Birmingham. So nice of him. Yeah, sponsor this episode. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, he's 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 very good and. Um, yeah, sort sorted me out. Yeah, that was not that was the ride that went wrong. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. That was, that was. So the damage includes a 35 quid Uber ride, mm. a new mech hanger, a rusty chain, a cancelled birthday party. Um, and, and a an, grump. An incredibly grumpy Jack. A very grumpy Shocking. Jack, yeah. Wow. Sounds terrible. What an experience. <laughs> yeah. The rusty chain, I think, is like that. Uh, well, and the, the birthday teeth, party it? as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you wouldn't have thought that, oh, well, you know, your ride failed. Oh, you didn't go to your mate's birthday party. You made an extra special effort to come to come up well to all, all of your other mates to come up mm. to that party mm. letting it yeah well, that's sad wow what, what do you have to follow on from that tom and alex well i was thinking about this as you were talking i mean i have many like because we're really prepared i mean people call me sunshine marvin because i'm often very cheerful and very rarely am i grumpy on a bike ride when things don't go right i've, I've spent many a time in scotland following um, a guidebook of a very well-known Scottish mountain bike guidebook writer and I don't think I've ever been on a ride out of his guidebook that has ever been anything other than utterly miserable um, in fact I'm pretty sure every single route is written backwards pushing up um, pedaling up lovely looking single track before descending on fire roads but I decided that that wouldn't be my anecdote of choice I decided that I had a ride planned uh, last year which I thought was going to be like sort of the cherry on top of my summer riding cake and something I was really looking forward to, something I was pretty confident about. I didn't train for it per se, but, you know, as I think a lot of people in lockdown, I got into riding long distances um, on road, on gravel and on mountain bikes just because there was nothing else to do, especially as a single man at the time. Did a lot of lots of long bike rides. The previous weekend, I'd, I'd ridden from Bristol uh, on my mountain bike down to a friend of mine and... Uh, MUK photographer Russell Burton, who lives down near Salisbury Plain. So I rode down to Salisbury Plain. We did a big loop on Salisbury Plain and I pedaled back home. And it was uh, about 180 odd kilometers or something like that uh, off road, which was, I was like, I'm pretty stoked on this. I'm obviously strong enough to be able to do such a thing. Uh, and myself and my friend had planned to ride the West Highland Way in a day. <laughs> I know this story. <laughs> So we, we met, he's a very strong cyclist, like a very strong rider. He loves long distance stuff. Uh, we're good mates, known him since university, so probably 15 years of riding together. And uh, we, we met up in Milngavi, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, at the start of, of the thing. We, we slept in our vans in a train station car park overnight. We had fish and chips or burger and chips in the train station there while we sheltered from some rain while some local youths were dancing to some gabba music in, a, in an underpass right next to where we were meant to be sleeping. It was, it was entertaining, to say the least. And we got up nice and early, about six in the morning. And the route basically goes from Glasgow, Milngavie, all the way up to Fort William. 
and it is an it's an amazing ruin. It's like one of these classic rides, and many people sort of do it over two or three days, or you know you can hike it in a week. Uh, it's a long distance path of it's about 180 kilometers, I think there or thereabouts. But pretty confident. Started off pedaling long. I'm on a, a special epic. Uh, my friend is on a, a Merida 96 sort of XE race bike. So we, we're going along. We get out of town and you sort of go through some lovely like country parks on the outskirts of Glasgow. It's really good riding. It's really nice fun. Um, not particularly sort of gnarly at the start. Flow is really nicely perfect for the start of a long day. And uh, going through like a little like cinder sort of cindery path. My friend Luke gets a puncture and we're like, oh, that's a bit, you know, early in the day, but oh well, sort of thing. These things happen, right? These things happen, yeah. you know, plug the puncture. That's cool. Carry on riding and it, it sort of, it goes down again a bit more and you're like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll plug it again. Doing all that. You know, we looked at the weather forecast as well. This is the other sort of half of the story. We looked at the weather forecast and um, it's meant to be like eight or nine degrees, cloudy with a little bit of wind, not really any rain. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to go light and fast. I don't want to carry lots of stuff. We're going to do this in a day. We've got a hotel in Fort William tonight. I've got a bum bag with me, and that's all I've got. I've got a bum bag. Um, a bum bag for the West Highland Way. A bum yeah. bag for the West Highland Way. And I'm, I'm sure uh, mountain leaders are uh, <laughs> uh, putting their hands on their heads at this point. I had things in the bum bag, just obviously not very much in the bum bag, neither food nor alternative layers. Just a flare. <laughs> just a flare, yeah, an emergency shelter. And I was wearing, I've got a, a lovely um, fox jacket which has got like um uh, it's a it's a primal off like furry fleecy lining and it's it's delicious like i absolutely love it anyway i was wearing this over a base layer a windproof gore windstopper base layer um and some three quarters and some and some baggies and riding along it's it's about single digits quite nice i'm like this is great this is great luke gets a puncture fix it pedal a bit long a bit further luke gets another puncture oh, you know so it's a bit annoying we fix it and you, this happened a few times also, a cafe was closed when we got there, which was annoying because... I mean, that's basically the worst ride you've ever had now. Yeah, you've already. Just said the, the cafe closed. was closed. But anyway, we we start climbing up sort of the first major hill, which uh, con... I can't remember the name of it, but it's a really lovely hill on the outskirts of Glasgow, maybe like 20k out of Glasgow or something like that. And we're like, God, man, why does this keep puncturing? So we're like, well, we'll pop the tyre off the bead and just inspect and we're like you know we won't be able to get it back on the bead we won't be able to pop it back in tubeless but we'll, we'll try you know xyz after we saw sort of looking there what it keeps leaking and we're leaking and leaking it's leaking out the spoke holes and we're like why is it leaking out the spoke holes we put the, the wheel in a, in a stream we found and it turns out that this path had a nail in it and the nail you know nails go through tires that's fine sort of thing but it had gone through the tire it then disappeared into the tire void and instead of rattling around in there it had also gone through the reynolds carbon rim uh, Not the rim of tape. No, no, no. The entire rim <laughs> was punctured with a rusty nail. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, we were like, oh, it was a bit awkward because obviously it was a it was a test loan bike. <laughs> Fortunately, I know the guys at Merida, and it all worked out fine. But anyway, we pulled out the nail, and we're like, well, we've got a, literally got a hole in this carbon rim, uh, and so we got our tubeless pluggy poo things, and we we did actually manage to tubeless plug it eventually. Uh, and that so that worked, that worked. But we'd spent a lot of time, like probably like four or five attempts to fix this puncture in the in the run up to this point. But we, we got it fixed. Start riding up. The descent off that hill is magic. On an XC bike, it's like it's kind of sketchy. It's quite loose. It's quite technical. It's quite steep. It's really quite good fun. Rattling along, very nice. We get to Loch Lomond. 
And here, like, I thought, oh, we'll probably have a bit of breakfast here. You know, I hadn't really packed energy food, but not much food. But because we were trying to do it all fast and light, we didn't really, like, deviate off the route at all. And we didn't pass anywhere to buy food. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting a bit hungry. Anyway, the, the Loch Lomond section, if you know the West Island Way, it is hell on a bike because you cannot pedal it. It is basically, it's a hike or a push through boulder fields and all sorts, a long way. And there's some beautiful riding in there, but it's hard work. How, like, the, the fastest time for the, the West Island Way is like sub nine hours. How they don't manage that, I have got no idea because it took us hours to get along Loch Lomond. It was uh, brutal. You're not the only person that has said this to me about the Loch Lomond uh, is, section. It is savage. Yeah. It is savage. Yeah. Interspersed with beautiful riding, but savage nonetheless. When we get to the end of Loch Lomond, the, the weather forecast is wrong. <laughs> it is not single figures. It is not cloudy. And it is not windy. And I'm wearing a black fleece with the sun on my back and a windstopper base layer. And I am cooking. <laughs> it's like 13, 14 degrees and sunny. And I'm wearing a black fleece. Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer. <laughs> So I'm really struggling. I'm sort of taking the jacket off and I've got a bum bag, which you can't put anything in because it's a bum bag. But you're glad you didn't have any extra layers oh, though, my days. in your bum bag. It was a shocking, shocking set of uh, situations. Anyway, continue riding. It's it's hard. I'm sweating a lot. I haven't eaten properly because all I've got is like cliff bars, which are lovely, but they're not substantial food. We get to halfway pretty much after a long, long time. And I'm like, you know what, mate? Like, I am shagged here. Like, I... I'm really tired. And it's like mid-afternoon. It's like five o'clock by this point. And we've still got 80-odd uh, K to go, I think. I'm like, you know what? I can't, like, I'm not going to manage this. Like, we've got one light between us. It's getting dark in three hours. And it wasn't like a good light. It was a commuter light. And we're about to, like, go from um, the halfway point, which is, I forget the name of it. It's a very famous place in Scotland on the A82. Is it the little village by the um, the... One with the cafe, yes, where everyone it's stops. It's more like the Green Welly Cafe is and yeah. all that sort of stuff. What's that called? Oh, well, sorry. To I, we stopped at basically the Green Welly Cafe, had a feed, and I was like, I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't do it. Like, I know I can ride long distances. I know, like, I'm strong and fit, but I've got it wrong. Like, I'm, I've sweated no end for the past eight hours. I haven't eaten properly. And I saw a National Express bus stopped. <laughs> and I said, to, I said to Luke, I was like, I can't do it. And he said, oh, I really want to carry on. And I was like, mate, if you want to carry on, like you carry on. I'll get to Fort William. I'll go to Tesco's and I'll just buy all of Tesco's <laughs> for you. So I ran down to the bus and I was like, I've got my bike. And I was like, can I get, can I go to Fort William, please? And he was like, oh, I can't really take bikes. And I was like, like I've got a hotel tonight. Like, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to say fucked. <laughs> well, I'm just fucked. <laughs> And it's like, it's like, oh, my son rides mountain bikes. I was like, yeah, great guy, great guy. What a guy you're saying. <laughs> your son, hero, <laughs> yeah, hero I, of mine. I like your son. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, don't worry about it. He put it in the hold of the bus. I got on the bus and I sat there and I was you know what? I've failed. Like, it's not very often that you fail at a ride. And especially when you're feeling really strong and like you got into something like really confident. Like it, was, it wasn't like a massive hit to my confidence because I know like things go wrong. Like nutrition and temperature had just, I just got it wrong. Like, and I can admit that. But it was like a real like kick in the stomach sort of thing. Anyway. But a lovely view from the bus. Oh, it's a great drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah aircon. Oh, man. Refreshments. <laughs> what happened to Luke? Luke cracked on. Like, well, he's, he's, he gave me like, this live tracking like link. Oh, he's like, yeah. oh, track me on this. And I was we're driving up the A82 in the bus. And I was like, Luke's not moving. Luke's not, oh, God, I hope Luke's all right. Anyway, because neither of us had vehicles in Fort William either. We were getting a train back tomorrow. And no one else knew where you were, no where you were where going, we when were. you were going, or yeah. where you were going to be, when you were going to be there. Anyway, he, he did crack. He cracked on. 
And to be fair, he like he was pretty tight, but he nailed it. And he rolled into Fort William at like half eleven at night or something like that. Like goosed. Absolutely goosed. I'd bought him a lot of food, including some chocolate milkshake. And he, he told me the next day or something, he's like, I hate chocolate milkshake. But all I'd been thinking about <laughs> when I was riding along was I just want some chocolate milkshake. So I nailed that bit. But yeah, no, he did it. And like massive props to him. He did, the, you know, it, it took us a long time. Like, I think it was probably some region of like 14, 15, 16 hours or something like that. It was a long old day for him. That's a royal us, by the way. Yes. It took Luke. It took Luke that long. And <laughs> fair play to that. He's, he's strong as an ox. I keep, we had a little meeting earlier on today in the video team about you know, things we can do because you know we've got some sponsorship coming up you know bikes and I've all I've, I sort of said I'm, I'm never going to do the West Highland Way again but I could do the West Highland Way again good job the video team aren't here or listening yeah no I, I said to them I said to them you know like it's, it's it's an option because it is a wicked day out like you know I think you need to prepare for it and maybe carry more than a bum bag hmm. and get a drone for the Loch Lomond section get a drone for the Loch Lomond section yeah so you can just be people floated. skip it like yeah. but I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist I think in things like that like if I'm going to go and ride like the West Highland Way I'm going to ride the West Highland Way and that yeah. means pushing my bike for hours through a boulder field uh, and the option of the road isn't particularly pleasant there either you're jammed in with yeah. the buses with the cars with everything yeah. else it's not a nice road to cycle along yeah. it's a lovely road to drive you can also take a ferry up the, up the oh, lot that's a good idea um, but again cheating yeah cheating I mean that uh, you know that sounds like a pretty pretty terrible ride to be honest with you. There was moments There's of absolute sword. beautifulness. Yeah. Like it was, it's a beautiful bits of trail. I got the best bits of the trail. The southern stuff's like more fun than the north, I think. Uh, and there was some lovely weather. It just happened that I was wearing a black fleece. <laughs> <laughs> Al, I've rabbited on a bit too much about that. Oh, that's all right. No, we're we're interested. Thanks. Um, so, well, mine uh, is kind of a bit like the bike radar podcast in a way that it seems to be the best rides are the least planned ones. And by that, I mean <laughs> the best podcasts are the least planned ones. Uh, the Bike Radar podcast, that is. Uh, I'm joking. I mean, if you I'm want joking. to listen to some really well-planned and actually very good podcasts, don't forget the Cannondale series that ran in February and March that Catherine Moore did. Um, all That's, about how to true. get into cycling. They were excellent. Um, check that out in your podcast provider. Al. So this ride was was planned. Me and, me and a mate had been like looking at the weather forecast and the stars had aligned where we'd got two e-bikes with the same batteries and we're really motivated and it was beautiful weather and... They're like, do you know what? Today's the day. Today's the day. And it was a late a late November day, but it was gorgeous, beautiful sunshine. And this is in the Scottish borders. Um, and, that rarely um, happens. Yeah. It rarely, actually, that's a lie. It's, no, uh, it's called Dry nice Scotland. <laughs> it's not, but it could be. Um, anyway, so yeah, you know, th- th- we were on this ride and we were like, do you know what? We just want to go as far as we can, ride as many trails as we can. And it's kind of a bit more like a, rather than a winch and a plummet style e-bike ride, it was a go for an explore and see what's over there. Because it's, you know, you don't really get the opportunity that often on a normal bike because the consequences for going all the way over there and it being rubbish are quite high because you've expended all that energy and you've just wasted it all, basically. And you've got to get back. And, and imagine you if, back. you know, something had broken on your bike. It'd be nice. Imagine. Imagine if something breaks on your bike and you've got to get back because you are all the way over there. And they don't do Ubers. They do not do <laughs> Ubers. They do not do Ubers in the middle of a bog and uh, heather uh, moorland uh, but we'll come on to that so anyway we set off it was kind of you know like late, late morning it's kind of when we like to set off because you know the, the, the sun was warm it was the warmest part of the day and you know we weren't expecting to be out forever we we're kind of hoping to be home by like 4pm which was when the light you know it wasn't getting dark but it was beginning to change you know in November the clocks the clocks had just gone back I think because that happens in October doesn't it yeah maybe 
Yeah, Jack's nodding. So yeah, Jack, Jack seems to know more than me and Tom. Um, End of October, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So the clocks have just gone gone back or forward or whichever way it is. So we lost an hour. So you know, time wasn't on our side, but equally it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like midwinter. We set off and it was amazing, and we were you know going across all these lovely places. And our aim was to literally get as far away as we could, and then turn around and come back where we'd heard that there was an amazing descent from the top of this hill. So we'd probably used about half of our e-bike batteries by this point, and we were in the middle of a moor, um, and it was damp underfoot. You know, it was kind of damp. Uh, but if you kept your speed up, you could stop your bikes from bogging into the moor. However, the problem for keeping your speed up was that the moor was also covered in heather. And it turns out that if heather gets into a derailleur, it rips it clean off the bike. Mm. Not only does it break the mech hanger, it also breaks the derailleur. And it also turns out that e-bikes are quite heavy. And these were full suspension e-bikes. So we'd got halfway up this heather moorland and we were probably like, I don't know, 50, 50k away from home on the e-bikes at this point. So a fair old schlep. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I was like, lol, look at me riding through this heather. Oh, lol. my mech just snapped <laughs> off. Oh, there it is. And uh, like the hilarity ensued because, you know, the mech snapped off. It was a nice day and I don't know, we were just like, well, this is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? So I pushed the bike up the rest of this heather moorland which basically could be described as the pink mile um because heather's pink when it's out mm. um and it was like it felt like an endless field of heather and we were just pushing and i was pushing the bike up and at the top of it was like a i don't know it was a six foot high wall basically a stone wall like an old um crofters style you know boundary so that their sheep didn't run away or whatever and we had to get over the wall uh my mate um who whose name uh who shall remain nameless he he had a um, a slight injury, a hernia, basically, which meant that lifting a 25 kilo e-bike over a six foot wall was quite tricky. Um, and we got to the wall. So m- my derailleur was hanging off. I'd pushed the bike up for at least, you know, 45 minutes and we were a long way into this ride. He lifted his bike up over the wall with me laughing at him because he had a hernia rather than helping. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you do when you're, when you're best mates. Uh, and he chucked the bike off the wall because suddenly he had a massive bout of pain come through his body you know he wasn't just like a brazen disregard for this lovely lovely bike um he genuinely had no option but to chuck it off or reel in complete agony and somehow the e-bike motor switch got damaged and it turned it off so his bike was now stuck with a broken switch and an off motor mine was on but without a derailleur Mm -hmm. and we were a long way away like a long way away and we had to pedal back and by this point because we were quite way into the ride and we'd only started around midday it was beginning to get a bit dark and we were beginning to get a bit hungry and a bit grumpy you know uh, and we'd planned this we'd mm-hmm. actually planned this plan to get hungry and grumpy and, yeah exactly yeah. yeah um so anyway um we're kind of like okay let's assess right you can pedal an e-bike without the motor that's fine i'm the one here who's causing all the issues because i'm not going to be walking 50k no. home now, I'm not proud to say this, but it was like a do or die situation. And basically, <laughs> it was a do or die. It was either send the flares up and call in the chopper or 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 just, you know, may do. And um, I got a rock and I got my chain tool and I shortened the chain and I pushed the chain up the cassette as I was pedaling forwards to get the tension in the chain so that it didn't fall off, you know, as soon mm. as you did any sort of pedaling or bump. 
And uh, this obviously locked out the suspension because it's a suspension bike and if the chain can't go, the suspension can't compress. But that does put in a massive amount of pressure on the drivetrain. Mm. Um, did you lock the shock out at the same time? Oh, we locked the shock out. No. <laughs> I did lock no. the shock out. No, why would you do that? Um, so, yeah, and uh, basically um, it kind of got to the point where I could pedal, but because I was stuck in one gear, it was, you know, it was putting a lot of pressure on the bike. And uh, when you'd lift the bike off off the ground or try and derail the chain, all of that built-up force in the e-bike motor would kind of cause it to go and unwind, mm. I guess. And basically what, what ended up happening was that we did a lot of hiker biking and then I had to give my mate a tow along the cycle track back home whilst in a really high cadence gear because I was spinning away. We were, you know, we were on e-bikes, but we were doing about four miles an hour <laughs> with me towing my mate who couldn't, you know, his, his bike was off, a uh, massive heavy bike. Um, and, and we got home at five and uh, we had cake promised by our, our partners. They told us earlier in the day that, you know, we, we were going to be able to eat cake when we got home. Mm. And that was like the, the beacon, the shining light at the end of this very grumpy tunnel. They'd eaten it all. Oh, Harriet. Yeah. No, not Harriet, because we're changing people's names. Oh, no, Harriet's my girlfriend. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, eating I'm all Alex. the cake. Yeah. Harriet had eaten all the cake. What cake was it? Uh, well, I don't know, because she'd eaten it. No, it was a, it was a millionaire's shortbread. Oh, millionaire's shortbread. Dream. Yeah. The dream um, cake. Yeah, they'd eaten all the cake because basically we took too long to get home. Wow. And uh, they told us that they were just laughing at us on the uh, Stalk My Stalk My Boyfriend app on the phone. Um, you know, the Find My Friends thing or whatever right, okay, it's yeah, called. Yeah. yeah, how long and how far away we were wow. and how slow we were coming towards them. While they gobbled down the While millionaire the shortbread. Yeah, so basically two broken e-bikes, uh, untold amounts of future potential damage to the bike that mm. I'm really sorry about, mm. but it happened plus no cake nightmare bruised egos and sore muscles as well exactly yeah exactly and and a, a hernia casualty nightmare all round yeah dear me yeah that's we, um, one of the worst i'd say should we look at some of our better rides yeah, should we not? rattle through them a bit quicker effectively. are you bored <laughs> i'm not bored it's for my lunch tom's bored tom's <laughs> bored and hungry <laughs> It's not as bad as we did. We recorded a podcast a few months ago. <laughs> and Al literally had an alarm on his phone at the time he wanted to leave to catch his train. <laughs> and just as we were wrapping up, <laughs> I was like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Jack, you must, you've done a lot of bike rides in your time. There must have been some good ones. Yeah, I'm actually going to go for one of the best ones that fresher in the memory, which was last Sunday's, um, the club ride I was on with Gorilla uh, CC last Sunday, where we set off on a lovely crisp uh, Sunday morning about 8.30. What is it with cyclists? And my my cycling friends like to meet in like mid Wales at nine in the morning on a Sunday. What is it about that? Yeah, on that on that topic, it, that given the conditions, because it was sort of just above freezing, it was actually a bit early to be setting out because... As we started heading into uh, heading west into Worcestershire, there was some quite sketchy black ice patches. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so we were yeah, very very careful down those. But as soon as it opened up and we were on roads that had been gritted, it was it was really really nice. So we headed out over the River Severn at Bewdley, which had subsided after the floodflowers had been up early in the oh, week. Yeah, blimey, yeah. And from Bewdley, we headed round the Kinver, uh, ra- uh, towards Kinver. Uh, around... don't, don't interject so early, but this has the recipe for being the worst ride ever. <laughs> You've gone black ice, flood defences, really <laughs> early. So, yeah, subsiding. Yeah. Subsidence. Ah, subsidence. Yes. Very hungry. Yes, yeah, so sustenance. the... Um... <laughs> 
thankfully the flood barriers at Beaudley were down so we could just see the, the River Severn raging past but by that time it was really really nice um, starting to warm up it certainly warmed up on the climb out of Beaudley uh, around, around the wire forest and um, yeah we started to, to turn around at Cleebury Mortimer and um, headed back over Kinveredge which was uh, yeah quite, quite a lumpy route mm. um, I think there was se- um, seven or eight of us out so a, a good showing a few efforts up the, up the climbs but nice at eight pace I think we came back in at about 27 kilometers an hour 1500 meters of climbing about 90 k's about 30 kilometers from home we stopped in kinver which is a lovely ye old village oh, it is, yeah. absolutely mm. stunning lovely national trust property there in the uh, cliff houses yeah for our yeah. middle class listeners mm. <laughs> so we sat by the bandstand um in the sun Delicious. enjoying some cake from the uh, ye old tea room um and the cakes there are fiendishly large mm. absolutely enormous so oh. My, my mate um, Graham had to break off a slab of his chocolate orange uh, brownie to give to me, and couldn't the hack sh- it. Couldn't hack he it. couldn't he, he couldn't finish it, and I didn't. I just got a free slab of cake. Andy's um, cake was so big that he actually gave me half of it to put in my um, canister bag to, to carry home because he didn't. It was too heavy for his pocket. It was that big. <laughs> this sound, I, I, this sounds yeah. like a place we all need to go. Yeah, visit. and the coffees there was, was really good too. So. Yeah, the steep climb out of Kinver, I absolutely flew up it with the with the sugar rush from the from the brownie, <laughs> and then um, yeah, then we headed back in. We did um, did one of my favourite climbs just outside Birmingham, St. Can- St. Canelms Pass, and I managed to get a PR up there, which is quite good for, for over the five minute climb. And um, then we dropped back into Birmingham and sat in the sun having coffees, and some people have a have a cold beer as well. It was a yeah, really, really good Sunday ride. Mm. Wow, nice. Uh, there's a, definitely a theme there that makes a good ride. I mean, we've only told you one so far, but I'm going to predict that the theme is food and drink. Food, drink, nice hills and yeah. some sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, lovely. Yeah, it just sounded like, yeah, all the trappings of a good ride. Yeah. That, that's the sort of ride that makes me not want to ride a road bike, but would make it vaguely acceptable. Interestingly, I was actually on the Canyon Grail with... with um, Okay. Restored, yeah. restored after its mishaps. Yeah. Um, a brand new mech hanger. Yeah, exactly. With um, actually, uh, actually one by setup. Um, but yeah, riding that with road road tires. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very versatile oh, bike and lovely. really nice. Okay. Yeah, nice. What would be my favourite? So I, again, like as Sunshine Marvin, I have a lot of rides that actually are lovely. Like, I, I like those blissful rides where you get into a good pace, your legs are feeling good, and and they happen reasonably frequently nice gravel rides around bristol or i've done some actually just some nice road rides especially lockdown when there's no cars like and yeah. feeling strong and fit and it was sunny it was lush and like it was well good really enjoyed it but i think one of my favorite rides was it was many years ago now i think it's 2016 i think it would have been i had a transition scout which is my all-time favorite ever bike and uh headed out to the Alps for a holiday with my friend Sam, who runs a, a mountain bike gardening company called Bike Village. Don't know if you've mentioned them before. Oh, never mentioned them before. And if you certainly if you head to the uh, Bike Radar YouTube channel, there won't be a video about a really good cross al- trans-alpine ride, um, which was on released a, in early on, March. On what, what bike would that be on? My Marin Elroy, which oh, I've also never, never mentioned, mentioned that on either. the podcast. Um, but this was a precursor to that trip. In fact, it's a, a, a notable precursor because uh, Sam has a route that goes all the way from Annecy down to Nice um, off-road. And over the years, myself, he's done obviously a lot of exploring, but I've joined him on some of the exploratory rides. And we were looking at a mid-Alps down to the Southern Alps uh, route. And we left a little town called Moutier 
which is down the valley from Borgsam Reese, which is near where he's usually located. And we wanted to get down to, I can't remember if it's Valois or Valberg. Um, both of them are alpine resorts in France. One's a bit further north than the other. Both of them EWS resorts. Um, anyway, we, we just did a massive ride where we, we sort of pedaled up a big hill, down a big hill, up a big hill, down a big hill. And it just turned into an absolute epic. I mean, I love France at the best of times. But I don't this know if you've the, mentioned that. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. Tom um, Marvin, bingo, full house. <laughs> we've got them all. Uh, I love France. And I love riding in the Alps, you know, like big techie days. And this day was just just one of those huge days. We, we ended up riding just over 4,000 meters of, of vertical ascent, all off-road, um, with a lot of descending along the way. We stopped for saucisson and cheese and baguettes on the side of the mountain, just with like a little knife. We... It was just a really nice, really good ride. I can't remember much about it other than it was just, I just remember it just being perfect. And we finished with a climb up to Valois or Valberg, whichever one it is. And I wasn't absolutely broken, man. It was like, it was a lot of climbing. It was a lot of climbing. And we got to the top. And as I mentioned, all good rides feature food. And there was one restaurant open in the entire resort. And it was a pizza restaurant. And I had an absolute monster <laughs> of a pizza and a few beers. Lovely. It's delicious. And Tom, Tom, for, for our listeners, I paint a visual picture. His oh. eyes are sparkling. His face is beaming. Mm. And he is he looks like he's reliving that moment right now. I just love a good ride. I love a good ride. I don't you don't, rides don't need to be long or epic or anything like that. They just, just need to be fun. Hit a few key things, you know, like good mates, good trails, no pressure. Maybe a bit of like, you know, a bit of is it? Is it not? Is it? Is it not? You know, in there can help, but yeah, riding bikes. Mm. Oh, I, agree. I love it. Yeah. Road, maybe not road so much, but gravel, mountain bikes, enduro bikes, trail bikes, XC bikes. Mm. Love all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's cool. It's handy because because of the job. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> It'd be pretty awkward if I hated it all, wouldn't it? Yeah. Bikes, pants. <laughs> Jesus not <Christ>. interested. <laughs> Who are they for? <laughs> Evans. Yeah. So. I'm kind of flipping flopping here mm. between it's two. It's hard to pick good rides. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Yeah. So I think for me, there are like two standout ones and they both feature similar things food. Food. Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually bodies of water mm. um, in a really nice kind of way. Um, both of them finish at a body of water, although only one of them starts and finishes at the same body you, you of water. You can only pick one ride, Alex. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to try and tell two stories at once. Ooh, so then I don't have greedy. to. No, go on. No, okay. I'll, I'll pick the one in the UK, seeing as we're right. a UK based. Mm. Uh, operation. So basically, uh, it's it's a road ride that my partner and I wanted to do um, a few summers ago, actually quite a few summers ago now, where basically we, we rode from where we were living, which was near, near the city of Bath, down to Weymouth. Mm. Um, and it was kind of a, a lovely route. It's a really nice route. It starts out on cycle tracks, and then it basically follows a national cycle route on loads of tiny little B roads and, and uh, lanes and backwater rides. And it was beautiful, sunny day. It went via a National Trust house. Oh. Stourhead, for those who are interested. Lovely, lovely yeah. house. Yeah, beautiful. We stopped there for, for to use their facilities. We are National Trust members, I will say. And lifetime, to, we're annual. And to get some uh, uh, annual, sorry, oh. not lifetime. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, you can revoke my card now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we, we got the lovely piece of cake there and... You know, it was an absolutely beautiful day. And for some reason, unknown to us, there wasn't a headwind. Nice. And normally when you go that way, there's always a headwind. And um, I think, you know, we set off quite early to avoid some of the, the early morning traffic. And we got down to Weymouth. I think it was by like 3 or 4 p.m., something like that. It was a very chilled ride. It wasn't, you know, it was, it's only like 80 miles or something. So it's not massive. Um, and we had fish and chips on the seafront. Mm. 
and went for a dip. Nice. Yeah. So we did all that riding, stripped off our kit and went for a swim in the lovely evening golden light and heat with fish and chips oh. and then got the train back to nice. Bath. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I think that was probably one of one of my favorite days yeah. out, you know, regardless of discipline, it's uh you know, like when all the stars aligned and it's universally beautiful and everyone on the road is nice to you and I think if um if Jack Luke was in this podcast with us, he isn't he's very he's a busy man. He might recount. He did a gravel ride. I think it might have been in lockdown from Bristol down to Weymouth and back in a day on his fixed gravel bike. That's right. And yes. me and you know, there's no you know, me and Jack, there's no comp, you know, but like you know, like you know, I think we both in our individual heads. There's a little bit of like, oh right, okay, yeah, he's doing a big ride. I'm, you know, like, and then I saw that I was like. They're basically at each other's yeah. throats. That's what Tom's trying to say. <laughs> no, no. But I was like, yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to emulate that. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't a case of anything you can do, I can do better. I just was... haven't got around to it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm. Also, yeah. I, haven't, to do yeah I haven't got a fixed, yeah. so I can't really oh, do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. A flat bar fixed commuter mountain was... bike tourer. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed a thing that uh, your two rides have in common is that they're A to B rides. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Which, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you were on a you were on a tour, mm-hmm. and um, Alex was yeah getting public transport back. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I I I think is one of the more, more interesting ways of, of doing a big epic ride because yeah you're right yeah you, you see new roads and also you don't have to turn around and, and come back again yeah that yeah. that sometimes that turning point in the ride where other some you potentially have to start retracing your directional yeah. tracks. Yeah is not the best for morale but if you're constantly going in one direction yeah. it's um you have yeah. an end goal an end mm. spot yeah absolutely yeah i hadn't oh. thought about that yeah, yeah. that's very uh, very observant of you you're, jack you're a trained journalist aren't you you have to look for these things allegedly yeah, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> jack said j- just for our listeners jack's actually a trained journalist and tom nor i are <laughs> absolutely not um <laughs> not in the slightest con artists <laughs> yes not that we want to discredit our uh credentials but we don't have any to discredit no there are no credentials here. <laughs> uh, well, lovely. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed that. And, um, you know, I hope it's maybe inspired you to get out there and push your limits or or not, or just go and eat cake or um, maybe be more prepared or even less prepared. I mean, but um, what, what you do need to do, though, is because obviously there will be an associated article with this podcast on bikeradar.com. So head down to the comments. And why don't you tell us about your favourite or least favourite ride? Uh, and if there are enough submissions... Maybe we'll talk about them another day. That could be exciting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. As ever, please do leave us reviews, any comments down below in the associate local, and thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.